do you tend to overthink? If you are anything like I was, it's not that you make bad decisions, it's that your decisions weigh on you. The time and mental energy you spend spinning in your head to make a decision about something is just exhausting, and you know it could be spent in a better way, like actually being present and enjoying your life. If you're tired of overthinking, this episode is for you. I'm sharing four savvy secrets of confident decision makers. Let's do it. Welcome to Fruition Mindset, where it's all about mindset coaching for Christian entrepreneurs. Hey, I see you trying to get this thing to work for you, but feeling like you're struggling with decisions and stuck in doubt. You're afraid to commit, you feel like you have one foot in and one foot out, and you keep second-guessing your every move. When I wanted to start my first business over 10 years ago, I was the same way. It didn't matter how many letters I had behind my name or what my credentials were, I never felt qualified. I'm Kayla Eggenberger, wife, mom, and daughter of the king, and I'm here to tell you that you can transform your mindset, ditch doubt, and take confident action in your business. Your breakthrough is on the other side of letting go of all these fears you have around your business, finally saying yes and stepping into who God has created you to be and where he's calling you to go. If you're ready to develop the mindset you need to take the dreams and goals God has laid on your heart and bring them into fruition, you are in the right place. So fill up your favorite mug, grab your journal, and get ready to take some thoughts captive. friend. I am so glad that you're here today. It is feeling fabulous here in North Texas. You guys, it's like 70s, sunny, breezy. It's the perfect weather. It just makes you want to do all the things. And that's a really good thing because I noticed that we have special things lined up for each weekend for at least the next six weeks. Lisa Woodruff talks about how this is the most productive time of the year how we tend to get more done in the months between school starting and the end of the year than we do the whole rest of the year. But today's episode is not about productivity, although when we stop overthinking and start making decisions quickly and easily, we do save a ton of time. Not to mention the headache and just the feeling that a weight has been lifted whenever we aren't wrestling with that decision that we need to make. I was looking at memes about overthinking and just laughing because they were so relatable. One thing that I think is so interesting about overthinking is that for me, it doesn't always have a predictable pattern. There are some things that I know a lot of people spend a lot of time and effort thinking about and stressing about um, that I made decisions very quickly and easily about. So for instance, one of them is my wedding dress. I mean, I bought the first wedding dress I put on. I think I tried on three. And after that third one, I was like, oh, I just want the first one. And then I bought it and I was done. Boom. Right. But then there are other decisions that really are inconsequential, don't even matter that much, that I have spent a ridiculous amount of time obsessing over. I can recall times that I have just agonized over paint colors, like wall paint, which I mean is relatively cheap and easy to replace. (laughs) So it's really funny kind of how our brains work and how our minds work. And if we're not onto ourselves, it is so easy to slip into overthinking about just about anything. 
And if it's your tendency and then it becomes a habit, it really can happen with just about any decision, big or small. So today I am sharing four savvy secrets of confident decision makers. And what I want you to know up front is that this is a skill that can be learned. You will hear me say this over and over again on this podcast because I have been every kind of not great decision maker. I have definitely been a massive overthinker, somebody that got stuck in analysis paralysis all the time. And now I make decisions I feel great about very quickly and very easily. So it's totally possible for you to become a confident decision maker, even if it's not where you are right now. Okay, so let's get on to the secrets. The first secret I have for you is that confident decision makers have a process. Whether they realize it or not, they have a process, a filter, a lens, something they run their decisions through um, in order to make that decision. So their decisions are not based on passing feelings or whims. Their decisions are made in alignment with their faith, their values, and who they are becoming, among other things. But there is like this lens that they kind of process things through. And the thing about it is, whenever you are new to becoming a confident decision maker, you kind of have to outline this process for yourself. And this is something I do with my clients. Um, kind of to create that filter, that lens that you run your decisions through. I call it your decision-making code. But once you practice it and once you become really good at it, it just becomes second nature. It's just how you make decisions so much of the time. And it doesn't become like this effortful thing where you're having to actually, you know, look at every little thought that you're having and motivation and trying to figure things out. It just becomes second nature. And so confident decision makers are running these things through this filter, through this lens, through this code, whatever you want to call it, um, sometimes without even realizing it. And that's why they're able to make decisions so quickly and so easily. So the second secret of confident decision makers is that they constrain their options. There's a reason why parenting books tell you to only give your child two options when you're starting to give them more agency and autonomy. Um, my husband and I read, you know, several parenting books. One of them was Love and Logic, and I believe that this was in there. Regardless, it was a great resource, so I highly recommend that if you haven't um, ever checked that out. I will link it in the show notes. I'm a big believer in helping your kids develop those decision-making skills early on. And of course, one of the easiest ways to do this when they're super little is like letting them choose what they want to wear. But if you have little kids, you know that if you open up the entire closet and you say, okay, choose what you're going to wear, it can be very difficult for them. And let me tell you, friend, we are not that much different than those little kids. <laughs> so for kids, especially really small kids, it's helpful to take out two outfits and have them choose and have them start making decisions in that way. So, you know, hold up two options and let them choose one of them. Constraint, right? That's just basic constraint. Now, don't get me wrong. I like options. If you ask my husband, he will tell you, Kayla likes options. I like to know all my options. I like to have all my options available to me. But whenever I'm trying to make a decision, I know that it's important for me to constrain those options, right? It can be much easier to narrow things down to a few choices, a few options versus looking at 50 different things and your brain trying to figure out what the best one is, right? Because our brains tell us there's a right one. 
even though a lot of times that's not true either. <laughs> Our brains tell us there is one that's right and all the other ones are wrong and you have to find the right one. So it also kind of tricks your brain into recognizing that there's more than one good choice here. The third secret of confident decision makers is that they don't succumb to mind drama. So because confident decision makers know the reasons for their decisions, remember that first one, that first secret, which is they have a process, right? They have their decisions are in alignment with their faith, their values, who they are becoming, among other things. They know why they made the decisions they did and they like their reasons for making that decision. Because of that, they are able to continually redirect their thoughts back to these reasons. And they don't let themselves fall into self-doubt and second-guessing themselves. Now, I'm not saying they don't ever have mind drama come up or that their brains don't offer them some thoughts or some reason to doubt themselves or doubt their, their decisions. I'm just saying that whenever that happens, because that decision was so sound in the beginning, they can redirect their thoughts back to it. I used to think that because my, you know, my mind offered up reasons for me to doubt my decisions, it meant that it was the wrong one. When you are confident in your decision-making process, self-doubt and that second guessing becomes less of a problem. Oh my goodness, you guys, can you hear that little, that little like sound on, it's, it's what it is, it's my dog's toenails <laughs> on my husband's uh, chair mat that goes on the floor so it can roll around easier. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I would kick her out of here while I'm recording, but she's so cute. <laughs> she's just so cute. I have to have her in here. Okay, back to the topic at hand. As I was thinking about this, I was reminded of Colossians 3.2 that says, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on this earth. So a lot of times we make decisions based on fear, right? That's a common kind of default way of making decisions. And we know that the Bible tells us over and over and over again, not to fear. So let's say part of our code is to make decisions based on love, based on the freedom that we have in Christ. Rather than, rather than fear, let's say we base our decision on who he is and who he says we are. I mean, you guys, you know, the ways of this earth, the common thoughts of this earth, which I call kind of the default way of thinking, the way that we're just kind of bebopping through life whenever we're not really paying attention those thoughts will continue to come up. I can tell that by the way that this verse says, set your minds and keep them set. You know, <laughs> it doesn't just say set your minds and you're good to go. It says set your minds and keep them set. So whenever you are a confident decision maker, you are able to keep them set by taking those thoughts captive those thoughts that are, you know, on the earth, those thoughts, and instead redirect them to the higher things. Okay, so the fourth secret of confident decision makers is that they are willing to make a new decision when necessary. Confident decision makers value decisions. They know that there is a price to indecision, right? There's a price to it. Um, one of my mentors used to say that if you sit on the fence, then you get splinters in your butt. <laughs> so they recognize that there is a price to be paid for sitting in indecision and being stuck. They recognize that they may have to make another decision later on if things change, if there's more information. 
I will share a quick example. So we needed a new mattress for um, our bed. So my husband and I went shopping for one. You know, we did the, the thing that you normally do. You go and you lay down on a bunch of mattresses. And we were thinking, oh, you know, this time maybe we'll get um, a foam mattress because we were used to a, like a spring mattress. And so we found one that we liked. We both agreed on it, which by the way, that is hard enough in and of itself. Like if you know, you know, <laughs> it can be very difficult to pick out a mattress uh, with somebody else. But we found one that we both liked and agreed on. Well, when it was delivered, um, it was definitely a lot harder than it was in the store. And so we thought, but you know what? This is foam. It probably takes a while to break in. And thankfully, the mattress that we bought had like a money back warranty for like a long time. It was a ridiculous long time, ridiculously long time that you could sleep on this mattress and then still return it. So anyway, um, we gave it, you know, the old college try. We slept on it and slept on it and slept on it. And after a long time of sleeping on it, I told him, I was like, you know, like it's not horrible, but I think it might be contributing to some of my back pain. I'm not 100% sure. Could just be I'm getting old. I don't really know what's going on, but I, I don't love this mattress. And he was like, I don't love it either. And even though we could technically return it and get our money back, my husband was saying, you know, but it's gonna be such a hassle to return this thing. Like, it's not like it's something you can just, you know, put under your arm and carry into the store. This is gonna be kind of a hassle to return. It's a king size mattress. But I'm a firm believer in, you know, dealing with the hassle on the front end if it's going to benefit me long-term. And that's kind of how this is, right? Because you sleep on your mattress every single night and so a little bit of hassle on this front end of returning this mattress, and if it enables us to get a mattress that is better, well then, you know, <laughs> it could benefit me for years to come. So after much discussion about <laughs> returning this mattress, we decide to return it. And actually what's so funny is it wasn't a hassle at all. The store just came, picked up the mattress and, you know, took it back and gave us credit for it. We didn't even have to like take it in ourselves or anything like that. It was no big deal. And we ended up getting a sleep number bed, which has two different um, air pockets or whatever is in the sleep number beds, but they're, they're different on each side. So we can both control the firmness or the squishiness of our side of the bed. And we love it and have for many years now. Sometimes there are things that you can't know until you know, right? I can't know what it's gonna be like to sleep on this bed for months until I sleep on this bed for months, <laughs> right? I just can't know that. I can't know that from laying on it for five minutes or 10 minutes or even half an hour in a store. I just can't know what that's going to be like. I can take my best guess. I can do the best with the information I have at the time, but I can't fully know. What I can do is make a decision based on the information I have at the time and then not be so married to it that I'm afraid to make another decision later. If and when I have more information or circumstances have changed. When I was in school getting my MBA, one of the things that we talked about a lot was not making decisions based on sunk costs. And a sunk cost is a cost that has already occurred. It can't be recovered by any means. It's independent of any event and basically it shouldn't be considered whenever you're making an investment or a decision. If we are unaware, sometimes we want to double down on something that isn't working and continue down a path that we don't really want to go down because of the cognitive dissonance we feel. 
So if you're unfamiliar with cognitive dissonance, I'll give you the definition of it. It's an unpleasant psychological state resulting from inconsistency between two or more elements in a cognitive system. So you may be like, what? (laughs) What did you even say? But it's basically whenever there's a conflict between kind of two things and our brain is trying to reconcile it and, you know, make it fit together. So for instance, once a choice has been made, once you've made a decision, sometimes people need to find a way to reduce our feelings of discomfort. So for my mattress example, because of the cognitive dissonance and the fact that this this isn't really that comfortable, I'm not really liking it that much, but I've already bought it and it's going to be kind of a hassle to return it. I could try to convince myself that it's really not that bad right? We do that sometimes with things that we buy, maybe things that we buy that we can't return. We're like, oh, maybe it's actually not so bad. Maybe I actually do kind of like it. And we try to kind of convince ourselves and justify why we should keep it or why we should continue on down this path. And it's easy to see why this would be an important thing to be aware of, especially in business decisions where, you know, maybe you are signed up for this email service provider and it is not working and it's, you know, not intuitive to you and you can't get your stuff out on time and, you know, whatever the reason is, but you're like, oh, but I've already signed up for it and all my contacts are already in it. And so you just keep like trying to use it, but it keeps not working for you. Of course, this could go with any tech versus taking the time to be like, okay, I need to find a system that works for me, even if I have to move all of my contacts over to a different system and deal with that, (laughs) deal with that temporary hassle, right? Or maybe you've recognized that you need to go in a different direction with your brand, only now you're going to have to rebrand and you're going to have to redo a lot of things that you did before. And so instead, you try to kind of fit a square peg into a round hole so that you don't have to redo this work, but really that's what needs to be done. So you try to convince yourself that, oh, actually, maybe I'm not supposed to go in this direction after all, but really you have that tug on your heart from God telling you to do it. You can see how this would be especially important to be aware of when it comes to business decisions because a lot of times we can't know things until we step out and do them and collect data and find out what the result is and then we tweak our approach, right? Sometimes we have to actually take the action before we have the information that we need. I spent a significant amount of time on this fourth secret because At first glance, it can seem like it's in contradiction to not succumbing to mind drama, right? Because in that situation, it's like, okay, I'm I'm setting my mind and keeping it set. But at the same time, I have to be willing to make a new decision when necessary. So it seems like those are contradictory, but they're really not. In the third one, when you are not allowing yourself to succumb to mind drama and you are setting your mind and keeping it set... That means that you are not letting your mind run away with the, the normal, natural things that our minds do, where they, they give us all the reasons why not to do something. They are looking for ways to be efficient and ways to be safe and therefore not put ourselves out there. And just kind of like the verse says, right? It's like when we stop focusing on those higher things and those real reasons that we want to do something and that we made the decision that we made and instead start to fall into that fear, doubt, um, things of the earth, right? In the fourth one, 
we are willing to make a new decision, not because of mind drama that has come up, but because we have new information, we have a new circumstance. It may be that you stepped out in faith and now you have all this information that you didn't have before. And now this is just your next step. It means not being so married to decisions that you've made in the past, that you are open to where God is telling you to go in the future. So much of these four secrets of confident decision makers have to do with your mindset. That process that you know, a confident decision maker kind of runs um, their decisions through. It's that filter, that lens, that code is what I call it. That's a mindset. It's a mindset that they have, that they have decided to have um, in order to make decisions. We all have a mindset that we are running our decisions through. It's just a lot of us aren't choosing it intentionally. Likewise, being willing to make a new decision when necessary and not making a decision based on sunk costs or previous decisions is also a mindset. And then there's that component of managing your mind and not allowing, uh, not allowing yourself to succumb to mind drama and all of the you know random thoughts that our our brains like to offer up to us. A while back, I got this book. And it's actually, it's not really a book. It's actually a book of notes that you can tear out and give to people or send to people. I love giving them to clients or sending them just as a, as a fun note. Um, and I will actually link it if I can find it because it's so great. It's Prayers to Share, 100 Pass Long Notes for Believing Bigger. And it's by Marshawn Evans Daniels. But there's one I wanted to share with you for today. And it's, I'm praying that instead of fear and frustration, you will have the mindset and heart you need to navigate transition with peace and forward-focused faith. That's my prayer for you today, friend. And to go along with that, I want to share Psalm 32.8 with you, which says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. So just remember always that no matter what decision you have to make, you have a mighty God on your side that is for you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. So as Christians, part of our process needs to be to make sure that we view it through the lens of the Bible and make sure it's all in alignment there and prayerfully seek God's will. If there is a particular decision that you are struggling with, I want to invite you to book an unstuck session with me. You bring the problem and you walk away with a decision that you feel great about. All you need to do is go to fruitionmindset.com forward slash unstuck to grab your spot. My friend, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and we will talk soon. Hey, thank you so much for listening and for hanging out with me today. If this podcast has blessed you in some way, I would love for you to share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. When you leave a review, it helps the podcast grow and reach more people. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon.